1: Sign up with MyBookie and use our promo code Gators to get your first ever deposit match dollar for dollar. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with MyBookie. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus, starting at $3 a month. because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters, and you can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. I ought to hear my voice a little bit. Little little horse after that one. Florida, Georgia. Not the result, of course move on there 34 7 georgia beats florida not uh, not even close and not even close there uh, we'll break down the game uh a little bit here not a lot to break down uh you know won't go play by play or anything like that but you know the story of the game and hey, look, we know the story of the game georgia a lot of talent elite defense puts it on florida 34 7 and the end of the first half the biggest difference of the game uh, right now, but uh, yeah, bummed after this one. <laughs> of course, the, the the losses, the losses are piling up, expected or not. No, no, matter what outcome you expected, like I didn't, I didn't pick Florida to win this game, uh, but that doesn't mean you can, can't still be bummed a bit. And it's a lot about big picture. You know, the losses are piling up, uh, so expected or not to beat Georgia, just don't like seeing the Gators lose and all the questions that come along. With the losses piling up, the the more those losses pile up, the bigger the questions get and the more questions uh, get thrown out there about the direction of this program. And now a lot of them not new questions. A lot of these are the questions we've had the last couple of weeks about this program. We didn't really get many answers for questions. Uh, You know, a a win would have went a long way, of course, but looking at it, there's still. Now the questions are just the growing and the they're getting louder. It's the same questions but getting louder week by week, loss by loss right now. So, you know, we'll see where Florida goes after this. Uh, uh, the schedule eases up. Four games they should win. Uh, but we'll see the mindset of this team moving forward uh, after, you know, four and four now. Uh, that, that is the record of the Gators. Pretty much what your record says you are right now. and They keep piling up. Four and four, that's what Florida is right now. Uh, inconsistent, just average at best team. You know, four and four overall means average. In the SEC, Florida's not average right now. Overall, yes, uh, in the SEC, you know, we'll see. As these weeks com- coming up, You know, Florida can get a little bit of momentum, but what does it all mean uh, coming up? But, you know, that's kind of a, 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 an introduction here, but we got plenty to get in plenty of time to get into all of those so we'll take a look back at the tough loss versus georgia what played out in the game and then of course some big picture look uh for myself uh, after this one as georgia beats florida once again beats dan mullen again got the win last year not able to uh he, he had the streak of three wins here three wins there three wins here from the other team uh that streak is over you know florida did beat georgia last year but uh now georgia back in the win column in this rivalry, number one team in the country, Look, number one team, uh, especially on defense, uh, and uh, they'll continue there. And, look, they won the SEC East uh, already. Uh, we, we wanted this game to mean the SEC East, and they did for Georgia uh, already. They, with Kentucky's loss, we'll get into that later on too. Kentucky's loss, Georgia, if you missed it, Georgia wrapped up the SEC East by beating Florida and Kentucky <clears throat> going down to Mississippi State. So, all right, here we go. Let's get into the game Uh, just a bit. Overall stats, they didn't really even matter. But we'll take a look at them right here anyway. Total yards, Florida 355, Georgia 354. Florida outgained Georgia by one yard. Florida has outgained every opponent this season and somehow finds herself, finds herself, Finds a record of four and four. Makes sense of it. Eh, we can. We, we, we know. Um, We can make some sense of it. Looking at turnovers, looking at penalties, game management, clock management, all, all this stuff that keeps just adding up week by week. You see it. You see it on display here. Passing yards, Gators 194, 161 for Georgia. Gators with 161 rushing yards, Georgia 193. And there you go, penalties. Florida eight for fifty. Turnovers, penalties, a story for Florida this year. Shows up in a big game. Once again, eight penalties for 50 yards on Florida. Six for 38 on Georgia. Four of 13. Four of 13 on third down for the Gators. Four of nine for Georgia. Gators ran 74 plays, um, but not much coming from those plays. As you see, 4.8 yards a play. Georgia, a little more explosion on their side, 6.8 yards a uh, play, 16.1 yards per completion for this Georgia offense. Passing attack there, um, mostly until, you know, of course, that big Zamir White run late. Florida looked much better versus the run, but Georgia with 5.8 yards a rush. Florida 4.1 red zone, big difference there. Now, Georgia – <laughs> was able to take uh, advantage of some turnovers, but them in the red zone go three for four. Florida, one of three on the day. Turnovers. Both teams with three, but it was the points off of those turnovers where they got them on the field played a huge part in this. Three turnovers for both teams. Georgia taking advantage of theirs with. Um, Scoring off those turnovers, but there we go. Sacks, tackles for loss. You know, Georgia with five there in, in their defense, but turnovers, penalties. Of course, the great equalizer for what was a close game, heading in late into the first half. Didn't matter. Didn't matter at all, as Florida found themselves trying to trying to create something. We'll get into that in the you know late in the first half, but. Ultimately, uh, that uh, aggressiveness didn't play off. We, we wanted the aggressiveness, uh, but we'll, uh, we'll get into that. In the big plays, the, the explosives for Georgia, the lack of explosives for Florida, the turnovers, the penalties, that was the difference uh, in, in this game and making the difference for Georgia and pulling out another victory for Kirby Smart over Dan Mullen. So okay. Of course, the big storyline, big storyline in the game Quarterback position, wondered all week what Florida would do. Reports all week that they're splitting reps. Reports most of the week that Emory Jones would be getting the start. And then late Friday starts coming out that Anthony Richardson would get the start. Now that momentum picks up into Saturday. We pretty much knew going into the stadium, Anthony Richardson would be making his first start of his career. Uh, Glad he got the start. Um, I'm not going to sit here and change my mind hindsight. Uh, I think it was the right move. That was the move, of course, I wanted to go into the game. And look, I never thought he was going to be a difference for Florida to win, of course. And I, if you listened to the preview episode last week, I picked Georgia to win even with the, the move I thought Dan Mullen was going to make. And no surprise that he – that Richardson was not ready uh, for, for the Georgia defense in his first start. You know, I, I thought his style of play – I mean, it still lends itself uh, to more of a shot overall, but it really didn't matter uh, if Richardson or Jones uh, was starting. I think the end result would have been the same. Jones probably plays plays it a little bit safer, but this offense isn't driving on Georgia drive after drive. I think we know that. Uh, now I know a lot of people will point to the drive that Florida ended up scoring on, but come on, I mean. Georgia's playing time more than they are points at that time. And sure, they wanted the shutout versus Florida, but a different approach from that defense at that time. Credit to the offense for for fighting their way down the field. Uh, but in my opinion, that was not going to happen in the meat of the football game. Uh, so right now, we can say after the game, we're doing the game. You know, Florida doesn't have a quarterback ready for games like this. Uh, the bigger games of the season, uh, just the inconsistency there. Now, Devin, the, the Florida just doesn't have a quarterback ready for the totality of this season, and that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, that much we know now. Heading into the final month of the season, where quarterback should, and we'll see the approach from here on out of where it goes. Uh, but heading into the final month of the season, as you know, Florida's quarterback plays good enough to win all four games, but also we have seen bad enough to lose one. Hopefully, no more. I mean, hopefully, no more losses from here on out, but we've seen enough of the quarterback play um, to know it's not a, comple- a, a complete write off that Florida's going to go for you know, the next month. We know they can, and the quarterbacks play the good part of what we have seen so far. Florida will go for it. Yeah, so Florida goes with Anthony Richardson, and all that comes with playing a young quarterback, making his first start, making his first start versus that Georgia defense. And I know, look, the the, the prevailing thought here is perhaps more reps earlier in the season translates to a better performance. But not enough to to do much more versus this Georgia defense. I'm not so sure many – you know, I think many of us knew that they are starting. He wasn't going to be inserted, and then all of a sudden that meant Florida was going to go beat Georgia. Most – I mean, most people, we we picked that. That's what we know. We just wanted to see it, needed to see it. And I think that's where um, you know some misguided thoughts come from in, in much of the fan base that trying to prove that AR isn't the guy as well. We, we kind of knew this may be some of the performance we could get from here. Uh, it was never going to be about AR going out there and meaning the upset of Georgia. You know, most of us just felt that that was the best chance, and I still think it was the best chance. But um, it was more about handing the offense to him, uh, letting it be his – learning more about him, letting him grow. Now um, there's going to be a lot of growing up, a lot of growing pains uh, in versus this Georgia defense, and it showed. Uh, Richardson, 12 of 20, only 82 yards passing, two interceptions, 12 rush attempts for 26 yards. Georgia able to pressure him, pressure Richardson, and that was always my worry. If you guys listened to it last week, it was always my worry here. I said it plenty last week on Gators Breakdown, Gators Breakdown Plus, radio shows. All that stuff. It was the explosive, the explosiveness that we wanted to see from this offense with Anthony Richardson. It was it. It could be held in check, um, and mostly if there wasn't time for those plays to develop. Yes, he presses the more. Yes, he presses the ball more down the field. That's what we wanted to see. But of course, as I said last week, the time has to be there for those explosive plays to open up, and and, and they weren't. So, a lot of what we saw is what we got. When we you know that, when my worry is what showed up, so you know, Richardson either uh, this kind of overall blanket here, you know, either has to take a sack, um, either you know, can't handle a pass rush for uh, up front in the offensive line, uh, so either has to take a sack or you know, forced to make some bad reads, forces some throws, and you know, the Georgia defense had exactly where they wanted a young quarterback to be. Um, interceptions follow. Uh, for a complete collapse at the end of the first half, we, we you know we saw it. So credit Georgia's defense for you know bring put, basically showing what we knew they could bring to the table, uh, and that was always my worry with starting the young quarterback, starting Anthony Richardson. I still think it was the right move. I'm not going to change my mind on that. We'll get into it more as well through uh, the in, the end of that first half. But it was a move that needed to be made. Um, we now have more of an answer. Of where Richardson is at, but and you know I do caution you're know, using this game as an ultimate determination for the type of player Anthony Richardson's Anthony Richardson's going to be. You know, I didn't want to fall. And I said that somewhere last week too. I kind of forget. I just don't want to fall down that hole of well, okay, well he couldn't get it done versus Georgia, so he's not who we thought he was. What quarterback was going to? None on Florida's roster, and you know, we'll see if there's anybody in the in, in the country that will, will do anything versus this Georgia defense, but. You know, uh, did I expect a closer game? Yeah. Did I expect Richardson to play better? Yeah. I'm not going to shy away from that. But also, I did say if the the help wasn't going to be there from up front, and don't get me wrong, it's not all in the offensive line and, and the decisions. But you know, Florida needed to play a perfect game uh, up front for any chance. Uh, and then my biggest worry up front, if it wasn't going to be there, then we'd see the we'd see the best attribute that. Richardson brought to the table was the explosiveness. It wasn't going to be there if there was no time to throw it, if there was no time for the explosive place to open up. That's exactly what we got. All right, we'll get into more of that defense. I won't overlook their performance um, much better, and we'll get into some of the storylines of the game as well. But before we do, at my bookie, they are still doubling your first deposit. So you can start with a leg up. Use my promo code Gators. Sign up now. Claim your first deposit bonus with my bookie. And use the extra funds to kickstart your winning season. Looking forward to next week. Lay the points with Arizona as they continue streaking in NFL world against San Francisco. With top two And then two top ten offenses in the Titans and Rams going toe-to-toe next Sunday night. You want to take the over? Bet at my bookie. Don't just take my word for it. Head to MyBookie and sign up now using promo code GATERS to get your money doubled and start winning today. Remember, friends, good friends don't let friends win alone, so have your buddies use your referral link that MyBookie will send you so you're eligible to receive an additional 250% bonus on their first deposit. Plus, it's unlimited to redeem so all your friends can enjoy the party at MyBookie. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime. With my boogie. All right, let's get into it, man. You can hear it, my voice all cracking. I got to be a fan yesterday, not in the press box, so of course, hollering when that defense is on the field, and we'll give him some credit here. Uh, as much as we throw them under the bus, we can give praise for that heck of a start of the game. Now, uh, you know something, I thought you guys know. I, I I beat it. I beat it down. I beat it down. Florida needed to have a good start on defense. For a change versus Georgia, it needed a better performance from Todd Grantham in his defense early on, and we got it. You know, something I thought was imperative for Florida to even have a chance in this game actually happened on that side. The ball, you know, Georgia moved the ball on the first drive. Defense held strong. Georgia drives eight plays, 63 yards, misses a field goal. Uh, Defense was getting some pressure early, goes on to give up only 25 yards, forces two punts on the next two drives for Georgia. Uh, but Florida can't do anything on offense to take advantage uh, and, and finally put some pressure on Georgia for a change in this series at the beginning of games. It was something that I wanted to see if it would have any effect versus Georgia. Florida had their chances early, did not take advantage on offense. Defense gave them every chance in the world for that to happen. Didn't take advantage. Finally put some pressure on Georgia, could not happen. Florida goes punt, punt, miss field goal. Before Georgia finally takes a 3 0 lead on their fourth drive of the game, Florida had every chance to take the lead, just could not get it done. And game was really even uh, after the first quarter, as uh, you know, in, in the first quarter, uh, in, in looking at it, both offenses getting some yards, but not much overall, missing field goals. Florida was 0 of 3, 0 of 3 on third down in the first quarter, and had third and 3 on the first two drives of the game. Couldn't get anything out of either one of them. Two passes were called. Uh, I'd rather had some straight power runs called with Richardson or the backs in those situations. I uh, wasn't a fan of the calls in the stands, sitting there watching. As as look, I, of course, I wanted to be aggressive, um, but my approach to aggressiveness was to set up fourth and short. You know, not necessarily passing on third and three. And uh, you can say it's hindsight a bit too, but. I wish I could prove sitting there in the stands. <laughs> right there, I didn't like the calls. Um, and we saw some you know, power run from Florida uh, that did work, especially with Damian Pierce. Uh, so, if could somehow just shifted that earlier in the game, those first couple of drives, maybe those drives keep going. Uh, Georgia had the first one covered. Uh, the uh, first, third, and three had the first one covered. Richardson ended up running for no gain. So, a it pass, one read, it was covered. Richardson tries to make something out of his legs. No gain for Gators. Have to punt there on the first drive of the game. Then the second one, very next drive, another pass. Georgia pressures with the blitz. Richardson doesn't throw to the vacated area, instead moves left, throws incomplete out of bounds. Richardson started three or three of the game on the game and had a big tight end wheel route gain. Um, better throw would have given Gamble even more yards after the catch. Instead, he falls out of bounds. But as I said, you know, drive stalls there early can't take advantage of um of any big play there would gamble you know set you up set you up in good field position not able to take advantage after that next drive third drive of the game for florida 19 yard run from pierce that leads to a missed field goal at the end of the first quarter so there's there was chances there for florida third and three a couple times early in the game had the big play to gamble had a pierce drive for night or pierce run for 19 yards all in the first quarter could not take advantage. Then the game pretty much decided late in the second quarter. We moved to the second quarter. Story of the game here. Like I said, we won't go through it all, but this is the story of the game. What is the story of the game? I mean, what we're trying to do here every week on this game review, and here it is. Uh, Georgia got their first score of the game. Um, after uh, – we got their first score after the Florida missed field goal. Uh, it made one of their own. So defense hanging tough, forcing – you know, the Georgia offense to set up for a field goal after uh, after getting down to the Florida seven-yard line. As I said, this defense stood tough every chance in the world early. Um, Georgia had first and goal, seven-yard line. Florida defense forces a field goal. The next drive for Florida, setting up nice. Richardson converts a fourth and two along the way. Uh, Florida had a first and 10 at the Georgia 31-yard line. First and 10, Georgia 31. You're driving. Florida's driving. Calls their shot. You could tell Richardson was looking deep, but right side of the offensive line gets confused, gets beat by the Georgia defensive front. Richardson sacked for a loss of 11. There you go. <laughs> Perfect example of my worry all week. Florida was looking for the explosive play right there. Didn't happen. Didn't have the time. It was going to be up to the offensive line to protect. It wasn't even a blitz for Georgia. Uh, Georgia still gets the sack. Uh, rush four, get a sack. And then, once again, a penalty in a crucial situation for this offensive line, third and 26 from the Georgia 47. That's what – you know. a penalty had you there uh, after the sack. Then there's a penalty. You end up at third and 26 from the Georgia 47. Goes for an a right 13-yard run. Florida goes for it on fourth and 13. Uh, this is a little bit of a play that divided Gator Nation in, the, in this one in going for fourth and 13. Look, yeah, I said it last week. You know, I wanted Mullen to be aggressive in this game with nothing to lose, but it had to make sense. This one didn't to me, um, or I won't say it didn't make sense. But let me rephrase that. I wouldn't have done it. Uh, and Look, I know Florida had already missed a field goal. I'm sure that played a huge part in the Dan Mullen's thought process here of going forward on fourth and 13, but you're not converting, for, you're not converting fourth and 13 versus this Georgia defense. I mean, you may miss another field goal, too. I don't know. But I know you're not converting fourth and thirteen. Um so as I said, yeah, aggressive, but aggressive the aggressiveness had to make sense. It did not to me there. Or I wouldn't have done it. And I keep saying, you know, it didn't make sense. It made it made sense if you wanted to be aggressive and just had no belief whatsoever in the field goal kicker. So I can see it from that. I can see it from that way. I just I wouldn't have done it. I would have settled for the field goal. I wouldn't it was a long field goal. I know. I know. And look, there's probably not a right or wrong answer. This one is kind of hindsight, but also just looking at it. with how good. This defense is for Georgia. What are your chances of converting fourth and 13? Not high. So what happens? What does Georgia do? Here's an explosive 32 yard pass and then goes for another Georgia being aggressive. Rashad Torrance comes up with the interception at the goal line. And little things add up here. Um, His momentum carries him into the end zone. He could have kneeled for a touchback, but Mullins said after the game that Torrance wasn't really sure in that split-second decision, so he came out. Florida takes over, their own goal line, three eleven left in the first half, and here we go, off the tracks. Wheels fall off for Richardson in the Florida offense. Second and 10, Richardson rushes for eight yards. Held up by a host of Bulldogs players, ball gets ripped out for a fumble recovered by Georgia. Georgia picks it up. Their ball. Very next play, Georgia taking over at the 11 yard line. 11 yard touchdown run for James Cook so That's up the first touchdown of the game. Georgia 10 nothing right there. So Gators get the ball back. Down 10 nothing. 216 left. Face a second and 15 after a penalty and no gain. Penalty's on hurting. Florida needs a score here, of course. You know, if you want to get the, you get the ball after halftime too, try to get that two-for-one scenario. Could, could have given you the lead if you could have done that back-to-back. Back. But Richardson on second and 15 doesn't see the Georgia defensive lineman, Travon Walker, as he drops back in the coverage. Georgia blitzing on the other side of the formation. Richardson thinks he has Henderson open where that blitz was coming from. Richardson never saw Walker drop back. Ball's tipped. Interception, Georgia. Look, they, they baited him right there. <laughs> they, they had the young quarterback right where they wanted him. Uh, it baited him into that read. It paid off for Georgia. Another turnover for Florida. Another turnover for a Florida quarterback. Theme of the season here. Very next play, Georgia with their explosive. 36-yard touchdown pass from Bennett to Karis Jackson. Georgia up 17, nothing just like that. Now a minute 35 left in the first half. Okay, well, let's just get out. Let's run the clock out. But Georgia wasn't done. Georgia wasn't done. And I'm not sitting here, you know, you, you thought Florida could have just maybe done that. Now, as I said, Mullen being aggressive here. Uh, nope, no problem with being aggressive right here. You know, you definitely hindsight will say, okay, you can just run the clock out. You know, I, a minute 35, go for it. Go. I, Georgia wasn't done, though. Defense forcing another turnover, another Richardson interception. This has been four pick six. Man, this, was the, this was the dagger. This was the game. Of course, the other ones were the game, really, mostly for the most part. Uh, but this one pretty much put it out of reach. Florida driving near midfield. And Florida's driving here, as I said. <laughs> They're near midfield right here. Second 11. Richardson just throws late outside. Long throw. to Kobe Dean. Plenty. Plenty of time to react. Easy pick six. Standing the lead. 24 nothing for Georgia. There's your halftime score, and there's, and there's your game. Uh, I mean, of course, Florida only scores seven, so your game would have been 10-7. Uh, you know, Georgia didn't have to score again once they scored ten points, but you know, last three minutes of the game for Florida, complete meltdown uh, for Florida. Yeah, I mean, you'd love to see the defense respond with a big stop in a tough situation, but too much to ask right there. Yeah, not putting it this, not putting there at this feet. Would you like to see, you know? not have that explosive long pass play for a touchdown or, or make the play on James Cook and the defense make a stand again, of course you would. But time and time again, Georgia put in that position on offense, they're going to take advantage. So, you know, you, you, you love to see the defense respond, of course. Too much to ask for me. Uh, the path was there early on. Defense did its part. And looked like it was going to be a close, hard-fought game going into halftime. Kind of... Not the way it played out, but kind of what I expected. You know, Georgia, the way they played versus Auburn, you know, kind of a close game at halftime versus Kentucky, a close game after halftime. I thought this would follow the same formula. Second half, Georgia just kind of take over with their run game. So, okay, well, Florida's in it. And then the uh, late collapse <laughs> happens. So defense did this part. Looked like it was going to be a close game going into halftime. Georgia got the best of a young quarterback on uh, the defense. Went in that bad field position, momentum started coming into play for Georgia as well. So we know it's going to with the the theme of the quarterback and what we've kind of discussed all year. We knew there were going to be growing pains here with Anthony Richardson. Uh, I think most of us knew that. Um, I think we knew what we probably would get from Emory Jones in this game, and and many as I keep going back to it. I don't think we expected Anthony Richardson to win this game for Florida, but it was time to see what he could do. I know many will point to the to the move, making the move versus this defense, versus this Georgia defense, and Anthony Richardson making his first start versus Georgia. Uh, but you know, Mullen didn't make this move to appease the fan base. <laughs> he 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 saw something for a better chance with Richardson, basically basing it off the way they ended the LSU game, but. With that being said, quarterbacks split the reps leading up to the game and maybe completely handing over the reins for, you know, a somewhat of a better performance could have happened. I'm not saying it makes the difference. I'm not saying if Florida wins a game, if Anthony Richardson gets 100% in the snaps in these last two weeks during this bye week in preparing for Georgia. But after what he did at LSU and then knowing – The possibility is there – you know, we we don't know when Mullen made the decision. Did he make the decision right after the LSU game? Did he need to see more in practice? Did he need to see how both guys were handling it? And he admitted, you know, both guys have been splitting the reps these last two weeks. You know, so with with that, you know, I I would hope a better performance if Richardson got 100% of the snaps the last couple weeks. I don't know if it made a whole whole lot of a difference. More about earlier in the season. And getting those reps. Now, of course, he was injured a little bit, plays into it, some. But those first couple games, um, the Vanderbilt game, Kentucky game, have any of those reps contributed to a better performance? Hard to say they wouldn't, but also maybe stretching the truth a bit there. But it just would have been nice to see when you make the change, and it's a full change, that your starting quarterback is getting the majority of the reps. Not splitting reps now. Dan Mullen's always going to have to have two quarterbacks taking snaps, but now it's about the percentage of it. Don't know if it makes a difference yesterday, but something I, you know, I don't even know when Dan Mullen came up with the decision to go with Richardson, so maybe you needed to see 50 50 from both guys and making a decision there. But he says after the game that it was mostly based on the LSU performance and trying to continue that. But here we are. Year four, Dan Mullen, his quarterbacks, no quarterback, ready to take on Georgia in his fourth season now. Um, It wasn't supposed to be this way (laughs) when Dan Mullen was hired. You know, you're thinking year four, okay, he's got his guys, offense should be rolling. And at times we've seen it this year. But peaks and valleys. Now, look, many teams don't have a quarterback that will be ready to play this Georgia defense either. That, that is the harsh reality. That is the truth of it as well. But this is where you start looking overall big picture. I mean, take Georgia, for example. Now, Kirby isn't known for his, his offensive side of the ball skills. Uh, he's hired his coordinators to do that for him. But with the way they recruit, you expect them to have quarterbacks ready as well. And they didn't last season. But that only meant losses to two of the best offenses in college football last year in Alabama and Florida. That's all that meant. You know, so yeah, he didn't have great quarterback playing in his fifth season as a head coach, but that was the limit of it. They didn't struggle much outside those games versus Florida and Alabama. Mullins in year four supposed to have his offense going by year four, his offense, his quarterbacks. But here we are, sitting with the fourth loss of the season, inconsistent quarterback play with his recorded with his recruited quarterbacks. Not enough to make up for the overall recruiting effort and all the inconsistency that comes with that. And now the inconsistency is team-wide. We thought Muller would be able to make up that difference if you're not going to recruit at that level. And look, Kirby Smart said it after the game. You know, recruiting is half the battle. Man, high-level recruiting is half the battle. And we thought Mullen would be able to make up that difference with quarterback play under him, but that's not what we're seeing. This was that, that was supposed to be the difference under Dan Mullen. Yeah, we know, even knew coming in in 2018, that the recruiting was not going to be an Alabama-Georgia level. We, we knew it. But the quarterback play was supposed to be. We're not getting that in year four, especially when he got his guys in. So, you know, it doesn't really matter if it's Jones or Richardson at this moment, neither one are ready for competing for an SEC East crown. We well, already know that. Far away from that. Now, it's kind of just a little bit of its peaks and valleys. It's not just the quarterbacks, but you – I don't think we ever pointed to the, the the consistency when Dan Mullen was hired that we'd be in year four saying, okay, well, here's a good week from a quarterback, but here's the, the here's a the, here's a you know Mississippi State type of performance for, under Dan Mullen. Just not going to get it week in and week out. Year four, I didn't expect it. Maybe some of you did. Maybe the change year in and year out, you know, eventually it's going to happen, but not sure I saw it. Something I thought we'd be able to count on is not there, and that's the consistency of quarterback play in year four. So right there, you know, not much more to look into the rest of the game. Uh, That late second-half barrage there from Georgia, that turnover fest was the difference in the game. Uh, Richardson did get hit pretty hard in the third quarter of the game. Came out with a head and neck injury. Emery takes over for the rest of the game. Helps Florida avoid getting shut out, extending the nation's longest winning or uh, losing or ne- extending the nation's longest streak of not being shut out. Yay. Okay. Not, that doesn't really mean much to me. Um, Georgia tacked on a field goal. Another late 42-yard run from Zamir White to put up 34 points. 34-7, Georgia. Look, and Georgia didn't need to do anything in the second half of this game. Uh, attempted sixteen runs, only five passes. They had the they had the game wrapped up by that late first half turnover fest here. So, looking at one more, I'm not going to leave it out. This is a game review. Uh, like I said, defense. I'll point overall played played pretty good versus Georgia. Shout out to Rashad Torrance. Um, I know we gave up the big touchdown play as well, but an overall good performance. He was everywhere. Came the first Gator to record two interceptions in one game since Donovan Steiner did the same thing versus Vanderbilt in 2019. But those interceptions were Torrance's first two of his career. Also had a fumble recovery in the game. So, with the uh, two pickoffs of Stetson Bennett in the second and fourth quarter and the recovered fumble that was forced by Jeremiah Moon shot Torrance all over the field in getting turnovers for this Gator defense. Now, unfortunately Florida, not able to do anything with the turnovers once again, finally getting, but well, there we go at three turnover game. And just because of where they happened on the field. And of course just everything else in, comes into play, but not able once again to take, you know, turnovers are kind of, not kind of, you know, lacking, but when Florida did get them this year, not able to do anything with them. And that continued here, even getting more still didn't turn them into points at a, at a clip you needed to win this game. So there we go. Shout-out to Torrance. Shout-out to, as I said, the, the defense too. If, if, we're, if I'm going to slam them when they play bad, uh, I thought in this game – and look, is, is the Georgia offense this elite offense? No, not in the traditional sense that we know offenses to be, even recently. I mean, they don't have that passing attack yet. The run game is really good. Uh, but for the most part, Florida definitely coming off that LSU game. Stepped up in that department in the rush defense. Of course, everybody come into this game after watching Florida LSU. And was like, okay, well, Georgia's going to run for too. Well, they, they almost got 200. And As I said, that big run, that 42-yard run late for Zamir White. I mean, I'm not going to say take that away. I mean, that, it, was, it was part of the game. But Florida had some – the game was way well out of hand you know Georgia sitting there making plays uh late and and tacking another touchdown on uh and so you know it, it's part of the game yeah you gave it up but besides that you know and sometimes i hate looking at stats that way but besides that when in the meat of the game especially in the first first quarter most of the second quarter you know florida didn't the Florida's defense didn't let the game get out of hand and that's what we've seen in this game the last few years so what did Dan Mullen, Dan Mullen have to say after the game? Because uh, I, I wanted to share this one today, uh, the soundbite from Dan Mullen after the game. You know, after Georgia wins 34-7, uh, not final score and all that close. One of Georgia's biggest wins ever, Florida, especially in, in, in recent years. Um, but everybody has questioned Dan Mullen. I won't, never, mind, never mind. I won't say everybody. A lot of people have questioned Dan Mullen's passion um, this season. Um, his approach this season uh and he 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 brought it up he brought it up after the game he was asked about it of course um first some of this is his overall opening statement and then was asked about the trajectory of the program uh and how gator nation feel about it so let's hear right now from dan mullen
0: and we'll come back on the other side of it looking at us right now um uh, we're not where we want to be. Uh, obviously, I'm. I'm not. I'm certainly not where we want to be. Uh, through the, the at this point of the season, our players certainly are not where we want to be at this point of the season. Uh, and it's a mindset right now that, that that we gotta we gotta go change and we gotta we gotta fix. And football's a football's a great team sport, the ultimate team sport. And um, you know, as as the as the the head coach, the the mindset uh, of the team falls on me. Um, and where we're at, the attitude, the approach, and everything we take falls on me. And, and obviously, I know two thirds of the way through the season right now. Uh, there's not. I'm certainly not pleased with where we are. Uh, I know our, our players are certainly not pleased with where we are. I know uh, the Gator Nation. I know is, is not pleased with where we are with the the standards and the expectations within this program. Uh, but in this final third of the season, that's on me to, uh, to get this fixed. And the, uh, the approach that I take and the mindset that we play with, uh, uh, that's on me to get it fixed. And, uh, you know, and I certainly plan on, on doing that, of, of changing this uh, where we're at right now um, with us and, um, and creating um, some, some positive energy. Uh, for us, and some confidence for us, and the expectations to feed off of each other. Uh, Then I'm going to work, and I'm going to make sure I get that right. Fans can be positive. They can be negative on on how you want uh, with things. Uh, But a negative attitude or dropping the rope certainly doesn't fix anything. Grasping the rope does, and holding on tight does, and squeezing as it's burning does. And I will say something about me. I don't drop the rope. I'm not gonna let you even rip it out of my hands. You could drag me around by my face if you want, but I ain't gonna let it squeeze it and let it go. I'm not gonna let any inch of that rope go, and I know our players won't either. Okay, but I'm gonna tell you that's what we have to do, and for the Gator Nation, okay, we got two, th- we got one third of the season left. Okay? and and obviously I, I'll tell every fan I listen. I'm this is not where I want to be right now, and I'm sure at four and four, that's nobody where they want to be. But we still got one-third of this season left, and we'll see. We'll see what we define ourselves by at the end of this season.
1: There you go. Dan Mullen after the game. And, look, I know a lot of the fan base wanted to see that that type of reaction, that type of approach uh, from Dan Mullen in, in that setting um, many, many weeks ago. Um, but you know, got it put on you by Georgia, and I won't say the realization come then. Probably has always been there, uh, but the expression of that finally come out. I think with Dan Mullen after Georgia. So I mean, yeah, he's not happy. Um, and he knows Gator Nation's not happy at the same time. So um, sitting at four and four, that's uh, probably the reaction at I me. Mean, like, there's no way Dan Mullen saw this coming. You know, I don't think he did. Uh, So I think he's taken aback by it as well. And, but look there, I I just wanted to play that because I know a lot of people have talked about Dan Mullen's approach to press conferences and his chance to talk to the fan base a bit um, and how they have not liked his approach or maybe even what he said, but I don't think you can argue with what he said after this one. Uh, He knows, he Definitely knows it's not where it should be, especially Florida right now, where they're at at this point of the season. Yeah, there's a third of the season left to play. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure how much solace will be taken into that. Now Richardson goes out there and starts every game and shows a lot of promise. Building for 2022, then Okay, maybe so, but you know we, we'll see. Uh, there, there's a this team's got to respond for one thing. They they've. Coaches have their work cut out for them, I think, mentally for this team, mentally for themselves, and uh, getting this team ready to go play. Because you know, besides Florida State and the, the natural rivalry of that, you only really have to look at just getting better and, and playing. And I hate to say it right here, heading into last month of the season, but just playing for pride. Uh, and hopefully that's what this team can do. Hopefully that's what this coaching staff can get from these players. But it's gonna not, they're going to have their work cut out for them. But I think – you know, if we're going to hit Mullen on a lot of what he doesn't say or, and what the fan base wants him to say, but he doesn't say, and he kind of finally does come out and say it after Georgia didn't, right, well, let's, let's give him that. And he he knows. He, he knows this isn't acceptable from, from, from Gator Nation. See where he goes to finish out the rest of the season. Here we are. You know, Florida sits at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, All of the questions – all of the the feeling around Gator Nation that they have and that they have after this game, it isn't new. These questions have been around for weeks now. Uh, but the performance versus Georgia it, it puts a stamp on them. And, and with a month left in the season, these questions the, these feelings are big picture. It mostly isn't about 2021 anymore. And we saw it. Kirby Smart said it, it starts with recruiting Kirby Smart let that be known. After the game, no coach is going to consistently coach his way around the talent. It's about getting the, be- getting the best players, developing those same players for top-level consistency, and Florida's not there right now. And look, only a few teams can claim that. Florida's nowhere near that. But we knew that coming into this game versus Georgia. No surprise there. We just saw it up close and personal, and that, that thought further cemented itself. So questions of approach, questions of recruiting its not a timely fix. Definitely not a timely fix. Even if, even if the changes happen, those aren't happening until after the season, nothing for those big-picture questions. We're not going to get those answers right away. But what is the timeline? It's not an instant fix, but what is the timeline? And I think that's where a lot of the worry comes in. Will there be patience? Uh, we're we're not getting these answers in the last month of the season. Steps can be made to see the changes um, that are being hopefully tried at the end of the season, but the results from those decisions will take a while. I know we – Georgia game notwithstanding, I know we want to change the defensive coordinator. That's going to happen. But these steps that we're talking about, changing your approach to recruiting, changing your approach to program management, Getting the right guys in here, getting the st- right staff in here, whether it be on-field coaches, whether it be the recruiting staff, those steps have to be taken. But it's not going to be an instant fix. So, what's the timeline? Can it be an instant fix in some in some way? Yeah. I don't, but the overall program approach—if you make those changes, you're not going to see the you're not going to see the end result of that in, in in one season. You might get some instant results from it, but all right, Dan Mullen's going to change his recruiting approach. Well, first of all, he's got to do it. First of all, he's got to do everything that surrounds – all the decisions that surround that, he has to do it. But if recruiting is going to get better, you're not going to see that till two, three seasons from now. When whoever you get in this class and the next class, whenever you make coaching changes and all that, you're not going to know. Now, recruiting rankings will tell us some of the story, but okay, but what's the timeline of those guys making an impact? So there's a – 2022 can be a different. Like I said, we're we're looking big picture right here now. Uh, And if we talk about the only way to make up the difference right now is a transcendent quarterback. Okay. Well, you make that move 2022, you probably have a defensive coordinator. What, what will be enough? But even that, you know, I talked to Bill Sykes, you know, former colleague of mine here on Gators Breakdown and and me, Will and him have this um, new group text and, you know, that's his worry too. 2022 can be good. It, re- it really can be with Anthony Richardson if if he takes the steps that whatever we have seen so far this year that can, can be gleaned from that and hopefully he takes those steps. Okay, so 2022 can be really good, but now with the lack of recruiting the last few years and the cycles and the, and the whole approach with it, what does that mean for, now we're looking, like I said, big picture, way down the road. What is the timeline for all these changes that need to be made? 2022 can still be good if you got that transcendent quarterback and your defense turns around. That's just the basic of it right now. Is there more to it? Absolutely, but that's just the basic of it right now. But what 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 about after that? And that's where all this recruiting talk and the program approach comes really comes into play and the timeline of it all. Yeah, you got to make the changes. When do we see the ultimate payoff? Is there patience? Do we get to see it with Dan Mullen? Is it somebody else? At least for right now, it has to be Dan Mullen making these changes, making his, changing his approach, the administration as well, paired with Dan Mullen. And if that's not it, eventually we'll know, and Florida will go on to somebody else. We'll be asking those same questions. Can the new guy do all everything that we question right now? And what is the timeline of all those changes? So right now, it's just Dan Mullen, current admin, current staff. If, it's, if he doesn't get it done, those same questions go on to the next that's where we are right now, four and four. I know a lot of people are not, not even looking forward to the rest of the games. Try to. I mean, I, <laughs> it won't be because I'm doing a podcast that I'm looking forward to seeing Florida play South Carolina and Sanford and Missouri and Florida State. Gator fan, I want to see Florida win every game they play. Go out there and win the, win the ball game. I'll be in Columbia next week. But I understand it. I understand it's frustrating right now. Fan base is hurting. <laughs> I know. I know. So we'll see. you know. We will we'll, we want a lot of big picture answers right now. We're just not going to get them. That's, that's just where we're at right now. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. All right, everybody. 50 minutes right here of Dagger to the heart. <laughs> I, I know. It's never fun losing to Georgia. Look, I had a fun time tailgating. Uh, Florida, Georgia is means a lot to me. It, if, if you're new to Gators Breakdown, a lot of you don't know. I grew up in Georgia. Um so I'm sitting with a close friend of mine and his wife. who have been friends of mine for years, sat with them. Uh, Gators Breakdown Plus member, Levi Dees, sat with us as well. Um, so a group of four of us right there. and uh, But still tailgating with the Harmonic Woods group. Uh, big old Gator bus among uh, RVs. And a lot of you saw the pictures we put on social media and stuff. It's still, still an event, still football, still love it. Uh, and the camaraderie that comes with it. So. It all comes down to what happens on the field, of course, and talking to a lot of those same people after the game as well. And look, I know we're we all hurting, uh, but uh, you know that that day, the day of itself, being living in Jacksonville now, being from Jacksonville uh, before I moved to Georgia, so a lot of connection to this game it means a lot to me. But I still, feels so much better when we come out of there with a victory. <laughs> but a, a good time. It was a good time. Everybody who stopped said hello, whether it would be walking to the stadium, um, in the stadium. Thanks for saying hello, uh, and uh, I'll, I'll always enjoy that. Always saying uh, right there as soon as I even parked. Yeah, yesterday morning uh, it was a lot of fun. So, all right, everybody, that would do it here for this episode. I know it's uh, no, I know it's tough to listen to. I know it is, uh, especially if you're especially if you're a Gator fan out there. I know, I know, Georgia fans are coming in here on the YouTube chat and uh, trying to, you know, make it even worse. Uh, but what we got to deal with right now. So, all right, I'm the host of Gators Breakdown, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore S-E-C. Guys and girls out there, thanks for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.